Hey everyone, welcome back or welcome to the 20% podcast, the podcast that brings you tips and tricks from industry professionals across all industries that you could implement in your current job today. Boy, am I excited to share today's guest, James Say What Sales Buckley. Now you may ask, what is Say What Sales and where does that come from? That is absolutely something we're going to cover in today's episode. James is currently the Director of Business Development over at JB Sales. In this episode, we cover the importance of having a sales job and a service job at some point in your career. We hear a story of James having a taco thrown at him, which I'm excited for you all to hear. The importance of personal brand, giving back to others, overcoming tough times, and much more. Enjoy my conversation with James Say What Sales Buckley. James, welcome to the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This is awesome. James, it's so nice chatting with you, man. I know uh, uh, it's always a good conversation, so I am hoping to, to give the listeners a great conversation here as well. So you're the Director of Business Development and Partner Manager with JB Sales. Before we get into JB Sales, That's right. who's James Buckley for those who don't know? Yeah, so hello out there, uh, 20 percenters. You're my people. Um, I am James Say What Sales Buckley, and I am a sales practitioner. That is who I am. That's what I do. Uh, I have a very big focus on success for whatever that looks like to an individual. I think it's different for everybody, but I wrote my thesis on it, and success for me looks like a career that I can be pumped about and happy to do every single day, if not even on my spare time, which happens all the time. Um, and that's my goal is sales success and helping others find success in sales. And that's why I landed at JV sales training, John and I go back a long way and our cultures match up just fine. And here we are. <laughs> there you go. So before getting, before landing at JV sales, what did your career progression look like? We have listeners who are, are just in, in high school, college, and even throughout yep. their career right now. So what did that look like for you? Yeah. So I feel like I, I, I could go back quite a bit. In fact, I might, um, I, I could go back and I could tell you what I learned about sales, even at a subconscious level uh, in every one of my jobs. But the ones that stand out the most to me are right before I got into SaaS sales, I was managing a Taco Bell and the challenges of working in fast food. If anyone out there has ever had that experience, you know, are limitless. I mean, there are countless challenges from the internal employees all the way to like people that are on the other side of the counter that treat you poorly. Like that's the nature of working in fast food. For give you a good example of that, uh, once I had a lady ask me to remake her a taco, big smile on her face when she asked me. I didn't think she was mad at all. I made the taco. I handed it to her and told her to have a good day. When I turned my back, she threw the taco at my back What? Uh, and then flipped me off as she left. Yeah. To which I replied, Hey, thank you so much. Right. What do you learn about sales in that instance, James? That doesn't correlate at all. Actually it does. We have difficult conversations as sales professionals. We overcome objections. We deal with really complicated problems from really angry sometimes clients Absolutely. and prospects that are, really aggressive. We have to overcome that and we have to do it all with a smile on our face. And I learned how to do that in the fast food industry. Wow. So for those listeners, who, <laughs> whether you're working at Taco Bell right now, hopefully you haven't got had a taco thrown on you. Uh, and jumping on this call, James, I didn't think, I never would have thought that I would have heard a story of you uh, <laughs> getting hit with a taco. Um, so, but I mean, obviously there's, there's a ton to learn in any job that you have. You know, moving a little further yeah. into your career, you, you also mentioned on your LinkedIn that you did some door-to-door -door sales. What did that look like? That's and right. ultimately, did your, did your uh, experience at Taco Bell relate to door-to-door -door sales then? 
Uh, no. So the one I think that related most to door-to-door sales, and I'll talk about that experience here in a second. Uh, when I was 15, my first job was being a bag boy at a grocery store. And what that was, was helping people put groceries in their car. So I had, from the time I walked out of the store with the cart to the time I put the groceries in their car to build rapport. And I had to do it quickly so that I could get a good tip because most of our money came from tips. So walking that walk for 15, 20 seconds sometimes and having the ability to strike up a conversation. So do you live in the area? Are you from around here? I saw you here last week. How's your family? If I saw them regularly, this became very common for me. So building rapport very quickly was a skill that I developed at a really young age. Obviously, fast forward, you know, I'm going to say 2013, 2012, uh, I started working Orkin Pest Control and I was banging on residential doors. Well, I'm, you might not know it to look at me on this podcast, but I'm 300 pounds. Like giant me is not getting into the house with Lorraine, the 87 year old widow that's home by herself at 9am. You know, that's probably unlikely. Right. So what I ended up having to do was build rapport from the other side of the door because they were not going to open the door for me. This became about consistency and constantly showing up in the same neighborhoods and leaving collateral on the door, like my card or like a a coupon for a free inspection. And then my phone began to ring after about three weeks, maybe a month, my phone began to ring with callbacks. And I, I realized the importance of that consistency. And then the brand part really kicked in really what hit home for me because I started to eat lunch at grocery stores and sit in the parking lots with my Orkin truck in my Orkin uniform. And when you're looking at Orkin pest control, what do you see? You see the red diamond and the white lettering Orkin on the side of it, very recognizable brand. Well, as I sit there and eat my sandwich every day, people would approach me. Hey, can I ask you a question about ants? Can I ask you a question about roaches? I think I might have a bee problem in my backyard. Can we talk about lice in my house? What's the move? Before I knew it, I I had stopped knocking on doors and I was just sitting in parking lots with my uniform on and people were starting to come and ask me questions because they recognized the brand and what I did. And that led me to set more meetings and come out on weekends and do inspections. And of course it led to more business. Wow. So, so just, uh, I think that that's a, a pretty nice correlation to, to where you could potentially be today as well of, you know, just being in the right spot at the right time and having that brand around you. It kind of reminds me of, of LinkedIn or, or whatever kind of social media platforms that you could be on. Um, figuratively, you're still sitting in that parking lot for these social platforms. How do you take that same experience of Orkin in your personal brand and bring that into the, the modern day? Yeah. So there's a couple things that I do that are probably the most valuable for your audience. And that is, uh, I say the same thing at the end of all of my content, whether I wrote it or I do a video or I'm on a podcast, like whatever it is, I say this, I say, hashtag say what sales. If you're a salesperson, we're the same person. That's because my audience, the people that I want to be associated with are all salespeople. We're, this, we're of the same mind. I need them to see that and support that and resonate with it. I need them to relate to my content and feel like we're connected in some way, even if it is just through our industry that we share that we're both in. Um, so like tagline becomes really important. Right? 
Yeah, exactly. I need you to relate to me. So let's talk about what I do and having a tagline that ends in all my content. We're the same person. Yeah, we are the same person. I totally get this guy. He, him and I are, we do the same thing. I sell too, right? Like that's great for conversation for me. The other thing that I do is I came up with a hashtag that is not universally used. There are, I mean, yeah, sure. Use my hashtag, but it's my hashtag. When you Google say what sales, nothing comes back but me. It's not, you know, completely convoluted with all these other things and all these other stuff that people hashtag go get it. You know, well, how many people are going to use that? It's going right. to be associated with all kinds of things, right? It's going to get lost in the shuffle. But when you Google hashtag say what sales, it's a hundred percent me. Even if it's somebody else using it, I'm the person they're talking about. So that labeling myself as something unique and identifiable, like the Orkin diamond, which became commonplace for people, right? And then also having that hashtag that's specific for my audience. These are the people I'm speaking to. Those two things are great places to start when you're building that personal brand on any social platform. And where did Say What Sales come from? Where did you come up with that? <laughs> so I grew up in the eighties when say what was like a big thing. People would say it all the time. It was in a lot of commercials. There were a lot of kids running around saying it uh, and it stuck with me. And then when I started in SAS in 2015 uh, at a Salesforce and inbox integration organization, I was going to all these events. I was like their personality, right? They'd send me to all these events. I've done like 84, 85 sales events in my career as a SaaS sales professional, mostly Salesforce events, but a lot of just sales and marketing events in general, uh, and when you're standing at that booth, you got to say something to people that's really going to grab their attention. And I am historically noted for saying inappropriate things. Like that's just <laughs> the nature of who I am. I will say some jacked up stuff in the wrong time for sure. Uh, so, uh, so, you know, say what, like, what do I say became a really comp, like common question for me to get. So say what became something that I, you know, just resonated with and I remembered it and it felt good. And then the alliteration of sales afterwards, like say what sales, like, what do I say? Say what? Like, no way that doesn't work. Yes, it does. Right. Like try it out. Say what? I can't believe that works. But when I came up with that, it was so unique and different. I looked it up. There was nothing out there. I couldn't find anything that was even close to it. I was like, man, I just feel like that's home for me. That felt right. Uh, so I came up with it and that's what I stuck with. And it's never changed. It's always been the same. I don't think I'll ever let go of it. I'm considering having my pool table redone and I'll probably have it in the middle when it's. That would be so finished. cool, man. <laughs> Just build, building your own brand around that. So what, so for people who are trying to build their own personal brand um, or, or in the middle of it right now, how, how do you recommend trying to go about finding something like that or, or starting to develop your own brand? Yeah. So this is all part of my course uh, that's on JB sales on demand, but find those macros, find those bigger things that you can attach to that other people are attached to as well. So to give you a good example of a good macro, uh, I use another hashtag called hip hop and sales. I'm sure you've seen it. Uh, it, it doesn't, it doesn't hit very regularly, but when it hits me, I get like, you know, good traction on this. People start retweeting it. People start using it. People start using it themselves. Uh, and hip hop and sales was born from the macro of hip hop, right? Like I grew up in the eighties and nineties when this was the devil's music, man. Like you could not play hip hop music anywhere publicly. You had to play this in your car with all the windows up as low as it can be because it was so violent and all they talk about is drugs and there's all stuff that they would say, but it's not, it's not what I was hearing. What I was hearing was like all the little inspirational things that 
are in between that stuff, you know, like overcoming obstacles and becoming successful despite all the things that are stacked against you and making good money and feeding your family and taking care of your kids. Like this is all stuff that's in there, but very few people were hearing that stuff. They were just hearing all the, the drugs and guns and all the stuff that was, you know, surrounding that stuff. Uh, so I started quoting these rappers and I started putting those inspirational quotes that are in rap music online. And I used the hashtag hip hop and sales. Well, it turns out hip hop is an enormous industry. Who knew? Right. <laughs> right. Uh, and, and millions and millions of people follow hip hop. Well, what does this mean? What this means is I need the hashtag say what sales, or at least my name, James Buckley to be associated with as much hip hop related content as possible because it impacts an entire generation of people who all have jobs, who are potential decision makers, who could potentially introduce me to decision makers, who work at companies that I prospect and so on and so forth. This is the nature of attaching yourself to something bigger than you, but being known as a part of that industry, that vertical, that hobby, that thing that you've attached to. Lots of people like guns, lots of people like swimming. These are all examples of pieces of content that you can put out that are personal to you and thus complement your personal brand, but they attract other people that have similar experiences. And you can have conversations with those people that lead to uncovering opportunities and so on and so forth. Wow. So it's, so it's uh, the main lesson I got out of that is you, you need to attach yourself to something, like you said, bigger than yourself. And then yeah. so that more people are associated with it. And, and does that also fall in line with, um, you know, the, the target audience that you have? And I'm, I'm, at this point, I'm talking more specifically to, to sales professionals, but it goes across all industries, I guess. Um, what does that look like? It does. I, it does. I mean, like, all right. So we, we hear the term personal brand and we think that because the term is personal brand, it's about us personally. It's not. You, it's personal because it impacts other people personally. That's why it's a personal brand. You're okay creating something that is universal. It's not likely to be super accepted and wildly popular, but it's okay to have it, right? Hip hop and sales is only a small part of Say What Sales. Say What Sales is also associated with John's Make It Happen and Morgan's Keep Dialing and the SDR Chronicles and Muffins with Morgan and, you know, James Picks Brains and Make It Happen Mondays. Like Say What Sales is a piece of all of those. It's not about me. It's about us as a community, as a network, if you will. The people that I'm connected with of the you know, 20 or 30,000 people that follow us, that follow me, they're all connected with me in some way because I provided some kind of value to them. That's like a green light to reach out to any one of them anytime and say, I think this is relevant for you. Let's have a conversation about it. Most of the time, because you've provided some value for them, even subconsciously, even without knowing it, they're like, yeah, totally, let's do it. You know, I had one guy, I'll never forget it. We had a call about his SDR role and he ended up telling me about his drinking problem. And I ninja his brain and was like, yo man, think about it this way. And he was like, dude, this is a great thing. I've got a wedding coming up this weekend. I'm going to try it. He tried it. He got back to me after the wedding and was like, dude, I, I drank barely anything. And I drove my wife home for the first time instead of her having to drive me home. And that was amazing. Like, man, that's life-changing stuff that started from us having a conversation about his sales development. Like, you know, for me, that's more meaningful than anything else that I could do with my life or my career. Absolutely. And that and is like the say what sales value. Wow. And it's, it sounds like say what sales is, is also about uh, relationships. What are relationships to you? 
Uh, I think relationships are value-based, but I also think there's a give and take. There's a, you know, I've got to be willing to give something if I'm asking for something. And time is always something that you have to respect when you have a respectful relationship with somebody. Um, relationships for me carry us into new opportunities pretty commonly, uh, but they're also about check-ins and you know, reaching out to people just to send positive vibes. I start every day with like two or three messages, either on LinkedIn or via text that I'm like, hey, just sending some positive vibes your way today. Like that's a habit that I've gotten into. And I'll tell you what, man, those positive vibes come back tenfold every single day. And because of that, there's no negativity in my life. The removal of stress and tension and drama is inevitable because I don't put any of that into the universe. Instead, I put this other thing out there and other people feel it and it reverb, it, it comes back to me, it bounces off them and it comes back in my direction 99.9% .9 of the time. Or wow. I run across somebody that's like, yo, I'm having this problem, can we talk? And I'm like, totally. And then I get to actually help somebody through a problem, which is really helpful. Or I have to be honest and say, this probably isn't the best conversation for me, I can't help you, but let me introduce you to someone that can. Right, there you go. But you're still being personal, you're still providing value to that person. So they're probably more that's likely right. to come back to you at some other point. Um, Wow, that is, that's a that's a ton of great information, man. So what do you what do um, I want to kind of move into um, kind of like the referral side of things now, um, you know, from from building relationships, eventually comes referrals, I believe. What does that look like for you? And what does that process look like for for trying to um, utilize those same relationships that you built not to to abuse them, but also to try to when you're giving giving all back to people, try to reciprocate and get some of that that stuff back as well. Yeah, you know, I think it happens very naturally. You know, I don't really seek out referrals, but I do, I do ask people. One of the most common questions that we get asked on sales calls, every salesperson I think goes through this. Uh, before somebody gets finished with the call and you let them go, they'll say something like, how can I help you? You know, especially if you've done a good job providing value for them. Man, this has been so helpful. You've done so much for me. What can I do for you? This is a great moment to be like, hey, if you ever know anybody that's looking to improve on their sales performance or results, I'd love to have a conversation with them. And they're like, you know what? I got four people that just came to mind. Next thing you know, you're getting emails twice a day from this individual. And it's all because all you did was put the seed in their brain of, do you know somebody that could use my help? Like you've gotten help from me right now, right? Like people love that type of positive put out in the space in the world really i mean I, I feel like we're especially now because things have just become so sensitive no matter what i think people are itching for something positive in their lives when you give them the opportunity to do that i feel like they seek out that opportunity much more intentionally so it comes back to you so much more often and i want to my next and question morgan did a study morgan did a study did you know that only 11% of sales reps ask for referrals 11% the most widely you the most popular profession in the world and only 11% of salespeople ask for referrals that's crazy to me yeah, I heard, I've heard something similar to that as well, but, and I, I think from the, uh, I heard another study as well, not from Morgan, but that 90% of people are willing to refer somebody. So like, where is the disconnect with that? You know? And that has the highest likelihood of closing, believe it or not. Like, why aren't we doing this more often? It's like, what happened there? There's like a break now. We're like, oh, I got the deal. It's done. Thank God. Go me. All right. I'll see you. Bye. Right. And then we're just like, hang up. Yeah. We're done with it. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> oh man. So now my, my next question, I was going to ask uh, how you come overcome some of the tougher times, but it sounds like, you know, obviously we're, we're in February now, COVID COVID is still very rampant. Um, do you just overcome the tough times with gratitude or what is, what is overcoming tough times look like to James Buckley? Ah, you know, tough times are inevitable. And when you've, so, you know, this is not a tangent we want to go down, I'm sure, but I've been through a lot in my life. Um, And when you have personal experiences where loss and grief and mistakes and divorce and children are involved, everything else kind of has the volume turned way down. So how do I deal with the rough times? Man, I try to look at the bright side of everything and I try to help people through the tough times and that helps me through the tough times. Helping somebody else makes me feel good in a tough time. So when you come to me and you say I'm struggling personally or I'm struggling professionally and I'm willing to give you 20 to 30 minutes of my time to help you get through that, I feel great about you coming away from that conversation feeling great. And that is how I get through the tough time because I've got to make myself feel great in this time of struggle, no matter what, because it's what's going to help keep me pushing forward and keep me productive. That's how I get through it. I think that there's also an element of disconnect that has to happen. Like solitude has become solitude and silence has become something of a need for me lately. I got, I got kids. So having silence in my life is a rare thing. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Uh, teenage kids that officially hate me, like no kidding. So, so like I have to force myself at, you know, six o'clock at night to be like, I'm going to go in my garage and tool around in there for a while and not say anything to anybody as long as I possibly can tonight. Uh, And that like reset mentally helps me to get through trying times. COVID was a really interesting Uh, anomaly at a really bad time for me as I came on board at JB sales. But you know what? True to form, man, like birds of a feather, uh, John and the team like really rallied behind me and was like, Hey, yeah, sure. It didn't work out uh, for what we had originally intended. We took that whole 2020 plan and threw it in the trash, but here's this whole other path that we feel like you'd be great at. You want to do it? Well, how am I going to say no to that? I'm like, what? You want to invest in me? Like, hell yeah, let's do this, right? My loyalty to them now for doing what was right and bringing me under their the wing of the dragon, as I say, right? And and putting it down like, yeah, we love what you do and how you make people feel and we're ready to invest right there. Man, that's everything to me. That That's like everything I could ever want out of an employer. So it's an easy transition for me. Absolutely. What do you need me to do? Whatever it is, I'm going to do it hundred percent. I appreciate everything you guys do for me and my growth. Right. And Uh, coming, coming from an, any, go ahead. I I was going to say coming from any product where marketing and sales are at ends. When somebody says, I want to invest in you personally, dude, there's no better justification, no better validation for what you're doing and how many people you can help. That type of investment is what I think every salesperson should be looking for in an employer. How do I, how do I position myself to be valuable and have the right person come along and say, what you're doing is important to me personally and professionally. Let's do it together. And it, and it all, I think probably comes back from all the other positive vibes that you've put out into the world previously. People see that you're a good person. You make people feel good. So they want to help you along the way as well. So that I'm, I'm really, really glad. Hey to man. Hear that. 
I'm glad you feel that way. I'm gonna tell you right now, I was not always this positive person. I was a jerk and a bully and an asshole for a very long time. It took a lot of life events, a lot of traumatic life events for me to become who I am today. That transformation didn't happen overnight. It happened over the course of many years and a lot of loss and regret. I owe a lot of people in my life apologies that I'll never be able to give them. And as a result, I've got to do all I can to make up for all the negativity that I've put up in the world. Wow. And this is, and I would have never known that. I mean, I, I've known you for maybe, um, you know, more on a personal level, only a few months now, but you know, I've seen your name across, across the industry and uh, I would have never known that. So um, that's a huge lesson for everybody, no matter what you've gone through in your life, no matter what it was, you could turn it around and you could put out those positive vibes. Do you, you kind of agree with that or anything else to add there? You know, we decide who we're going to be every day when we wake up and put our feet on the ground. We decide what kind of day we're going to have. We decide how we're going to treat others. We decide how we're going to react when other people treat us badly. We decide it's our choice every day to put our best foot forward or stay in the damn bed. There we go. So get off your feet and go, go do something. <laughs> uh, that, that is, that's a great story, James. Thank you so much for sharing that and sharing some of that vulnerability as well. I think that's a huge lesson for yeah. a, a ton of people. Now uh, I'm a huge believer that everybody should have, uh, have a, at least a, a position in sales or um, start their career in sales. I wasn't, I don't want to say I wasn't supposed to be in a sales career, but I studied exercise physiology and ended up in, in technology sales, which I absolutely love. Um, why do you think everyone should be in sales? And what are a couple big traits that a lot of top sales professionals uh, have in your opinion? Yeah. So first of all, I think everybody should have two jobs in their careers uh, early on. I feel like number one, they should serve others, whether that's at a restaurant or in a fast food way or in a tire shop, whatever. But you Taco should Bell. serve others for your first job. doesn't matter. Yeah. Pick, a, <laughs> pick an industry of service and go serve others so that you know what it's like to be serving others. And you know what it's like for people that expect to be served. And you've got to meet that expectation the other, the other industry, the other part of it that I think is important is that you should have sales experience because sales will teach you how to negotiate, how to do confrontation, how to have a confrontation effectively and appropriately, professionally. Sales will show you that it's okay to let things go and you don't always get your way. It will help you adapt to that part of life. Uh, sales is also a great communication venue, right? A conduit for good communication. When you're in sales, you learn to get rid of, uh, I have a friend, a connection that I'm connected with. His name is Bilal. He'll say death to fluff, right? There's a ton of filler out there in the sales space. And when you are in sales, you learn to remove that fluff and that filler from your language quite naturally. Uh, there's not a lot of stutter once you become acclimated to using the phone, when you first start, you hear it, right? People, uh, 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 hey, hey, yeah. thanks for taking the call. Do, 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 is this a good time? Like, like, like uh, do you have a minute, right? Like you hear this stuff all the time oh, in yeah. calls, but when you become succinct with it and it, you start to get familiar with what it is to sell, hey, thanks for taking the call. Do you have a second before your next meeting, right? There's like this professionalism that kicks in. That same acumen, that same flow of conversation carries you into the professional world, the success world long-term. It, it translates quite nicely. So I, yes, I do feel like everyone should be in sales, but I also feel like everyone should be in service and see what that's like because those two things 
they, they're so complimentary. Restaurant people make great sales professionals because they've learned how to communicate with customers. Yeah, I've, I've had another guest on the podcast, Jake Stofko, who was a bartender. And he said that that was between bartending and athletics that perfectly led him up to a great sales career because of that, mm -hmm. that drive and that communication with customers. Now, you mentioned something about yep. the phones. Um, and I want to talk phone and video. Now, you mentioned previously before we started that phones are starting to come back. And I wanted to, for those who are yeah. uh, who are going to be watching this uh, on YouTube once I get it up there, um, you'll see James has an incredible setup with his camera. We were talking about that previously. Um, so I want to talk about um, how phones are coming back. And then uh, from the video side of things, why are people so afraid to be on video? Mm -hmm. uh, okay, so let's talk about the phone first, because I, I think this is very exciting, especially for me. I'm a phone person. If I have a phone number, it's really difficult for me not to dial it first. That's like my go-to. I want to talk to you first before I send you an email or some video or something. Uh, and what leaders are telling us after we have great phone calls with them is thank you for the call. It's so rare. These are verbatim. It's so rare that I have a great inbound phone call. And I think the reason for that is because most phone calls start the same way. Hi, this is James with JB Sales, and we're the leading provider of, and no one cares about that. No Nobody one cares. cares. You've, not, you've not earned the right for them to care a shit, give a shit about that at all. Um, and that's why those calls typically fall flat. And you know, you get through your little pitch, your little spiel, and they're like, nah, no thanks, I'm not interested. You can take me off your list, unsubscribe me, right? Like these are all standard responses for cold calls these days. But when you start a conversation often, it's 100% about them. Hey, is this Dave? Yes, Dave. Dave, what's happening? Thanks for taking the call. Do you have a moment before your next meeting? Uh, yes. Great. The reason for my call is, I saw that you did X, Y, and Z, and my job is to Y, Z, and X. And I feel like we would have a fantastic conversation about why. Go, right? Like that's, that whole thing is, and notice, like I, I did not say my name. I did not say who I'm from because right. Dave doesn't care, right? He's more interested in why I'm talking to him and how I can help him. And I'm looking for him to continue that conversation with me. Either we're going to schedule it or we're going to have it right now. But either way, it's about him. It's not about me. So when you get done with these types of calls and they're super like refreshed that you're a real person and you care about them and you've done your research and you know who they are and what they do, that's what we hear is, man, thank you so much for the call. Who thanks a cold caller? Like that never happens, right. but it happens to us all the time. And it's happening because we're not calling about us. We're calling about them. And refreshing as it as we might feel that email or that video is phone calls are how gen x and older communicate still right that's their chosen channel uh these are the people that used to have pagers and pull over on the side of the road and go to the payphone and call people back because they beeped them what is this right? the phone is still about? where they live yeah what is that mystery <laughs> right look it up guys pagers they were a thing um and then and then the, the, the other piece of the, the video piece of it is that I believe that fear is a dominant driver for video reluctance. And the fear is not the same fear we get from the phone. That's like immediate rejection fear. This is a fear of judgment. This person might not like, might not think I'm attractive. This, I don't really like the way my own voice sounds. So I don't want to do video. I don't even like people taking pictures of me, so I'm never gonna do video. These are common mentalities that people have around video, but here's the thing. If you're unwilling to grow in a direction that could improve your results, 
that will be what you live by your entire life. We have to get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where growth happens. That's where advancement takes place. If you're super complacent and you're fine with it, I hope you're not that person that's sitting behind doing the same thing every day and hoping for that promotion because you've been there longer. That's not good, right? right? Instead, step outside the comfort zone and try to improve your results using a new channel. But fear is the driver and kind of self-loathing, I think, is a big factor. Lots of people I talk to don't think that they're very attractive, don't like the sound of their voice, hate the way I look on video. I don't like people taking pictures of me. You whip out your camera and you go to point your phone at them. And these are the people that are like, oh, no. right. Right. Like it, they, they cover their face and they shy away. Right. Like that. Those are people that have a hard time with their own self-image and therefore video doesn't seem like a viable option for them. I think that's a dominant driver. So just get out of your comfort zone and just go Go do it if you want to be successful. Well, it's important to know why video is so successful. We're using 100% of our communication as a species when we use video. We're only using 8% behind that monitor. It's just the words. 8% of our communication is the words that come out of our mouth. The rest is other non-verbal stuff, our right. tone, our body language, things like this. That's, that's incredible advice. I want to briefly touch on a, a couple um, quick hitter questions that I typically try to ask a lot of my guests. Uh, what is the best piece of career advice you've ever been given? Slow down. Slow down. It's not supposed to happen overnight. I was the typical SDR. I came in 2000, late 2014. And six months into the role, I thought, I want to be the vice president of sales. And if I'm not, by the end of the year, I'm going to start at a new company. This is the mentality of most new reps. They got the job because they needed some monetary gains, right? Graduated from college. I've been serving tables. I really need to hit like the $40,000, $50,000 a year mark right out of college to be comfortable with where I want to be. And then they work their butts off to get that $40,000, $50,000 offer at the company of their choosing. Then they get it. And it's more money than they've ever made ever in their entire life. And they're so happy for six months. Then they say, if I'm not promoted, if I don't get a raise, if I don't X, Y, Z, fill in the gap, by the end of the year, I'm going to quit. Slow down. It takes a year just to learn to do the job you've been hired for correctly. Learn the language, get it down, become a master at it. It takes a year to even start that process. If you're that person that's ready for instant results, Go spend your time on Instagram and swipe right your whole life because that's the only way you're going to get instant results in the professional world today. You got to earn every stage of your professional deal. That was great, man. Thank you so much for that. What is the best piece of parenting advice you've ever been given? I'm sorry, the best piece of parenting advice that you have. Oh, Ah, um, so tell your kids the truth. Tell them that in your four walls, their wants and needs and desires are really important and they matter. But once they step foot out of your house, no one gives a shit about them. Kids need to know this because they live in this box right now. They live right here in their phones where they're the center point. When they get out into the world and they're not the center point, that is a really tough transition. We learned this with my oldest and uh, we have learned it with some of the younger ones too. And I can tell you that part of, of what we missed out on, like what we didn't say enough is really important 
know that nobody cares what you want in the world. You've got to earn the right for other people to care about your success. And you have to be invested in your own winning. The expectation that someone will just hand them something is so rampant in our young people today. Uh, and that's just not reality. No one is going to hand you something. You're going to have to work for every inch of success if you want it to last. Small wins, absolutely. Somebody out there that wants to hand you something, good for you. You know, if that's how you want to live your life, you know, one thing at a time, hand to mouth, like, go ahead, man. That's cool. Long term success takes devotion to your development as a human being. We, I say this all the time, we have to be willing to grow personally if we expect growth professionally. Wow, I'm gonna have to sit down. I'm gonna write that one down and really think about that one. That was that's that's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Final question here: uh, If you were gonna be teaching a college 101 class, what would you be teaching and why? I think it would be uh, either communication or personal branding, which I feel like you could probably wrap communication into personal branding or wrap personal branding into communication. Uh, but I have a knack for building rapport and getting people to want to speak to me. And that's a skill I think that a lot of young people could use today because the, our ability to communicate effectively is drowning right now. It's fading away very fast. Uh, nowhere is this more obvious than in college tutoring centers. Um, I, my wife and I both help uh, with students. We tutor like on the side and we have tutor friends that tutor our kids because you can't teach your own kids. But <laughs> when when, when you listen to the way they communicate, you can really hear their lack of confidence. You can really hear their stammers and their stutters. Uh, you can hear them struggle to find the right words. Uh, I, think, I think I would teach it. I would coach a class. I don't, I don't even want to call it teaching. It, was, it would be more like coaching, but I would coach a class on delivery and communication and confidence. And I think that would probably be my first semester would be that particular focus because being confident in what you're saying and being competent enough to know your industry and your vertical and your expertise, all those things play to our delivery. Our delivery is important if we want people to understand what we're after clearly and support us getting it. And isn't that the building block of life here? Like we yeah. need others to want us to win. So our communication plays a big role in that. And I think I would love to teach that. Wow. And you would be an incredible teacher with that, James. Thank you so much for your time today. Where can people learn about you, JB Sales, JB On Demand, everything you're doing? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So a couple of things to mention. One is check us out at ondemand.jbarrows.com. This is where you're going to go to get all of our sales training courses. Filling the Funnel is our flagship prospecting course, Driving to Close, Learn How to Close Like a Champ. Uh, personal branding course by yours truly. And our good friend, Richard Harris has his neat selling course in JB sales on demand. Also all our webinars, podcasts, live casts, uh, and sales tips are in there too. We're adding three more courses this year with folks like Lindsay Boggs and Ashley early and our customer success director, Meg Holsinger. So it's going to be an ever evolving platform of sales training. And we really want to get as many people involved in that as possible. I'm going to be hosting a show that's for members only. So if you want to join those monthly shows, you need to sign up for JB sales on demand. We're going to be very topic specific things like video and cold calling. If you want to reach me, you can hit me in an email, james at jbarrows.com or you can cold call me. I love a good cold call. 305-632-6005. If I don't answer, leave a voice message. I hope it doesn't start with your name and who you're from.
<laughs> who does that, man? Who gives their phone number out? I love it, man. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> no problem, man. I appreciate it. I hope this has been helpful for somebody out there. And anytime you want to do it again, hit me up. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning into today's show. I hope you guys all got as much out of it as I did. If you enjoyed the show, please share it along with your friends as that's the best way that we can spread all this incredible information from our guests. If you'd leave a review of the show on Apple or Spotify, it would mean the absolute world to me. Until next time, cheers. 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 Until next time, cheers.